Welcome to the Gospel Project for Adults Weekly Leader Training Podcast. I'm Daniel Davis. This is the last session for Volume 8. So we are on Unit 24, Session 3, titled, Jesus is the Truth, which is a session on the doctrine, The World Opposed to God. The world will say truth is one thing, and Jesus will say truth is another. Yet only one is the uncreated creator and sustainer of all there is, and that's Jesus, the Son of God. Jesus taught that he is the way, the truth, and the life in John 14, 6, and that God's word is truth in John 17, 17. But the world and Satan's forces will try to tempt us toward their false, counterfeit truths. As disciples of Christ, we are to resist these temptations by holding on to the truth of God. As believers in Christ, we are to have nothing to do with the evil powers of the world and their fruit, but are to live according to and to share the one true gospel of Jesus Christ with the people of the world. In point one, we look at Ephesians 6 verses 10 through 17 to see that we are to resist the powers of the world. This passage in Ephesians is commonly recognized as a description of the full armor of God, and appropriately so, seeing as in verse 11, Paul instructs his readers to put on the full armor of God. This might seem like an odd place to begin our study on Jesus as the truth. But within the armor listed is the exhortation to stand with truth like a belt around your waist. We ground the idea of Jesus as the truth most clearly in point three. But the title subject of the session permeates each of the passages we look at. For instance, in Ephesians 6, none of Paul's instructions for putting on the armor of God matters if Jesus isn't the truth. If Jesus isn't the way, the truth, and the life, then there is no reason to resist the powers of the world, and we should just join them instead. If Jesus isn't the truth, then there is no righteousness, no gospel of peace, no salvation, and certainly no truthful word of God as the sword of the Spirit. But because Jesus is the truth, we have spiritual armor and a spiritual weapon at our disposal to resist our spiritual enemy with all of his cohorts and schemes. Yet in addition to this session being about Jesus as the truth, we are framing this session as a study on the doctrine of the world opposed to God. These seem like wholly different ideas, but they are tightly related. The world is opposed to God because it does not see God as truthful or trustworthy. Adam and Eve listened to the serpent in the Garden of Eden, believed God was holding out on them and lying about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, so they ate and sinned plunging the whole world into the consequences of sin and death. The fruit of that sin is the world opposed to God, doomed to believe the lie that God isn't good and that He doesn't have our best interest at heart. So the world resists God in this falsehood, unthinkingly participating in a doomed rebellion. But believers, those who have come to faith in Christ and have repented of their sins, seeing Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life, We believers are to resist the devil and the ways of the world that he has cultivated within every person of flesh and blood, and instead live in a way that accords with the truth embodied in our Savior Jesus Christ. As it was with the Beatitudes earlier in this volume, it will be tempting to camp out and discuss at length the various pieces of armor listed, but I would encourage you to stick closely to the explanations in the leader commentary on page 155 so your group can have adequate time in the scriptures for the next two points. In point two, we jump to 1 John 2, 15 through 17, 
to see that we are to reject the things of the world. In point one, we are to resist the powers of the world. How? With the power of the full armor of God. In point two, we are to reject the things of the world. Why? Because they are not of God, and they are passing away. First, this passage speaks of loving the world and the things of the world, and telling believers that we should not do these things, because love for the world is in opposition to our love for our Heavenly Father. In fact, these two loves are mutually exclusive. Recall Jesus' exhortation in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6.24 that we cannot love and serve God and money at the same time. It will be helpful to distinguish John's intent here in 1 John 2 with his intent through a similar phrasing in John 3.16, which says that God loved the world. What's the difference between these two references? Why can John say God loved the world, but that believers should not love the world? The context of each passage helps us to make sense of what John means by world in both passages. The Greek word for world can mean one of three things, depending on the context. It can refer to our planet that we live on, the people of the world, or the evil world system dominated by the influence of the devil and opposed to God. In John 3.16, the idea is God loved the people of this world by giving His Son so that we might have eternal life by believing in Him. In 1 John 2.15, the sense of the word world is that of the evil system opposed to God. And either we love God or we love His opposition. We cannot do both. The second aspect of this passage to address is the reason why believers should not love the world. Because the world and its lusts are passing away, but the one who does the will of God remains forever. So again, we have this dichotomy. Either we serve our sinful lusts and pride, which accord with this world, or we serve and obey our Creator and Sustainer. The draw of our sinful nature to satisfy our natural and even sinful desires in sinful and rebellious ways, the draw of our eyes to desire and envy for all that is worldly, and the personal pride of the things we can accumulate in this world, all of these lusts and pride distract us from worshiping and serving the one true God who transcends them all in glory, meaning, and value. And all the things of this world that would draw our attention away from God are temporary, destined to be destroyed and burned up on the last day as Jesus brings the new heavens and new earth at His second coming. The logical thing to do when presented with these facts, provided we believe them, is to forsake the lusts and pride that attract us to this world and instead choose to love, serve, and obey God alone. He is worth it, and not just for the good gifts that He gives. What little G God of this world would give His only Son to save us and grant us eternal life, even though we rebel against Him, hate Him, do not love Him, that we are His enemies? Only the one true God of heaven and earth has done so with grace and love. And so, only He is praiseworthy and trustworthy, deserving the full attention of our eyes, the loving sacrifice of our bodies, and the sacrifice of all that we have and all that we are. In point three, we land in 2 Corinthians 4, 3-6, through to see that we are to proclaim Jesus to the world. Because the world is opposed to God, they are blind to His offer of salvation in Jesus Christ, even actively fighting against it. 
And this, of course, was our state before coming to faith in Christ. So we must recognize that we are not fighting against flesh and blood, but instead we must love the world as God does, meaning we love the people. And we do so by proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ, whom the Father sent into the world for its salvation. We all, like sheep, have gone astray, chosen to go our own way rather than God's. Though all of God's creation proclaims the glory of our Creator and should draw us to Him, in our sin we rebel. Romans 1 teaches that we are without excuse for our sinful rebellion against God. This is true of all of humanity apart from faith in Jesus Christ. But it is also true that there is a sense in which unbelievers are victims, albeit complicit and willing victims, still without excuse. The God of this age, the devil, has blinded human beings from being able to see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. Though we were made in the image of God to reflect God's glory in the world, apart from regeneration and faith, we cannot recognize that Jesus is the image of God, the one who embodies what we were created to be like. So, if Satan has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the glory and worth of Jesus Christ, then our efforts at evangelism are pointless, right? Of course not. For one, assuming we are believers speaking and listening to this podcast, then a great miracle has occurred in our own lives that we would see the glory of Christ and come to Him in faith for salvation from our sin. And two, the power of Satan cannot match that of the one who created Satan, the demons, the angels, and all of earth and all of humanity. The God who created light over His creation with a word can similarly break through the veil over the hearts of unbelievers and shine the light of the knowledge of God's glory in the face of Jesus Christ so they too can see and believe in Him for salvation from sin. God did this for us, and He can and will do so for others. So our call as believers is not to see unbelievers as enemies, but as blinded people who need to hear the gospel of Jesus. And we trust the Lord to pierce the darkness of sinners' hearts with the truth of Christ crucified and resurrected for the salvation of the world. Satan has blinded the eyes of the world to the truth of God, offering false hope in the things of the world while also opposing God through the world's evil systems. Jesus came, however, so that the eyes of the blind might be opened to the truth. All who trust in Jesus Christ find true hope in God's kingdom with eternal life. Because the world is opposed to God, we believers must stand against the world's evil systems rejecting anything that is contrary to God's truth and good design, and instead proclaiming the good news of Jesus, who died for our sins, rose from the dead, and is coming again to set all things right in truth and justice. Thanks for listening to this week's leader training for the Gospel Project for Adults. For more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com.